Hi, I'm Chloe LeClaire, producer of First Watch, and today we're doing something different. On June 30th, we hosted a leadership panel called Vision and Voice, Removing Barriers for Women in Cybersecurity. It was so well attended that we wanted to make it available to a wider audience. This conversation featured insights from women cyber leaders, Naomi Buckwalter, Amy DeSalvatore, and Evelyn D'Souza. They shared their perspectives on how a new generation of women can enter the industry, remove barriers, and achieve lofty career heights as cybersecurity professionals and executives. The panel also featured Lisa Hayashi and Karen Kokoda from Safeguard Cyber. Without further ado, here is a panel discussion. Safeguard Cyber has um, been talking for quite some time about um, pulling together uh, very um, experienced and, you know, thought leaders um, to help us equalize the playing field for women in cybersecurity. Um, Karen and I and all of our team members at Safeguard Cyber, you know, really strongly believe that um, this is an amazing field and industry to be in. It's really important. We are, you know, at, at the end of every single day can say that we are, you know, protecting human connections in this digital world that we live in. And, you know, I think that it's, an industry that not everybody considers um, when they are um, when they're you know in their education formative years. Um, but I, as a mom, um, talk about what I do daily to my daughter and my son because everybody is using you know all kinds of digital communication applications, and there are so many different. Um, threats that are out there. Um, and I think that it's really important that we help women understand the importance of the industry that we're in. And we mentor people and we help raise our awareness on the opportunities that exist in cybersecurity. And so because of that, we came together with Phil Tortora on our team and Chloe on our team um, and we have developed a group called Vision and Voice. And you'll see more and more of our content that we're producing and opportunities to engage and collaborate and come together and talk about how um, women can pursue careers in cybersecurity, how we can mentor one another, and all of the different types of jobs that people can have in this industry. And so really this, this organization, this group that we're designing is meant to, to help one another and to make our, you know, our presence um, stronger at all different levels in an organization. And so we're brought together today, some really amazing leaders in cybersecurity that um, are excited and willing to talk with us about how um, they've experienced um, you know, being a woman in cybersecurity. And so without further ado, I'd love to introduce our panelists today. And we'll just ask them some questions, but we really want this to be conversational. And if anybody in the audience has questions for our panel, um, please feel free to chat up and we'll work through those questions um, in the hour that we have together. 
So welcome everyone. Thanks for being here. And um, with that, I'd love to have our panelists just um, introduce themselves, tell them what they tell us what you do, and then we'll go around and begin with questions. Um, Karen, why don't you get started? Good morning, everybody. I'm Karen Kokoda. I'm the Vice President of Partnerships here at Safeguard Cyber. So I am fortunate enough to work with, I think, everybody here on the panel in one way or another. I've been here for about a year now. And previous to being here, I was at FireEye. I was at Mobile Iron. And I was at HP and AT&T. So the beginning stages of my career were always around sales, technology sales, and then moving into the security space because I am a big believer that security should be part of everything that we do today. It shouldn't be an afterthought. It should be part of products that we develop. Um, I think about the opportunities that are in this space for women and for men. And I think that, you know, there are so many different types of opportunities that I think we are going to talk about today. And I'm really excited to hear how all the other panelists have started their careers, have morphed into, you know, some facet of security in a different way. Because I think, again, that's such a strong element across all different industries and a global concern. So really excited to talk with everybody today. Thanks for including me. And I'll hand it back to you, Lisa. Great. Um, Naomi, um, could you do a quick introduction, please? I'd love to. Hi, everyone. My name is Naomi. I am the Director of Information Security and IT at Beam Technologies, where our mission is to do smarter dental care for all of America. So uh, fancy way of saying that we do dental insurance. But um, Anyway, I've been in security and technology for over 20 years. My first start was at a company called Vanguard. It's a giant mutual fund, uh, giant. Uh, I think they have like $7 trillion of assets under management. So a very large, large mutual fund company. But I learned the way of doing security well, a very mature security company and um, a really good place to grow up in security. So I did that for 12 years, uh, moved into different roles within Vanguard. I started started as a developer, got into application security, and moved on to security engineering, security architecture. I've done internet response, and now I'm doing my third role as a security leader for a small and mid-sized business. So I get to do a little bit of hands-on stuff, a lot of leadership and strategy stuff, but I'm still kind of down in the weeds every day, and I really, really like it. Glad to be here. So glad you're here. And um, Naomi's been a friend of Safeguard Cyber for quite some time and did a, a great podcast with us. Um, and Naomi, I follow you um, and I love the content um, that you put out there. You humanize um, the, you, you know, your role in the industry and, and you've got an, an incredible following. So we're very honored that you're here with us today as well. Amy, um, we'd love to hear, um, hear more about you. Thanks. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy DeSalvatore. I lead business development and strategic alliances at Night Dragon, um, which is a venture capital and advisory firm. Uh, this is my first uh, opportunity that I've had to work with venture capital. I've been here for about three months, so it's brand new. 
Um, very exciting, but extremely different than being on the corporate side of cyber. So we'll probably talk more about that later. Um, prior to Night Dragon, I was at Four Scout Technologies, and that was a, a really nice run. Um, it was a startup at the time that I joined. Uh, also led worldwide strategic alliances, came in at a director level, and then ended up leading the team. Um, awesome opportunity to take a company public and work with some really, really talented people and kind of be at the forefront of cyber. I was there for six years. Um, I had technology alliances, uh, systems integrators, service providers, and industrial automation OEMs, which was a new area for me. And then prior to that, I was at Intel Security. Um, so that was my first foray into security. Prior to that, I was at EMC Documentum and had a, an interesting kind of run that we'll probably talk about later in the, in the session before that. But security wasn't an obvious choice for me, right? When I were, started you know, realizing that I was getting into the corporate world, it was something that I've kind of um, meandered in, in not a linear way into, but I'm so glad I'm a part of it because I realized that this is a this is a you know a worldwide issue, and now I really feel like I'm part of a, a solution and, and a security offering that is going to you know potentially secure and save the world. Some of the stuff that we're doing at Night Dragon goes beyond just tri typical security. We're looking at aerospace and public safety, and so being a part of those movements is really rewarding. Amy, I, I will say you're already um, adding a lot of value to the portfolio companies. Um, I have been part of discussions and, and um, opportunities where Night Dragon has brought some some of the cybersecurity companies together, and um, yeah. you know, I know you're spearheading a lot of that, and, and it very much appreciated. So oh, great, great I'm to so thankful to that part of our team here at too, because no, it's, it's so nice to be a part of a team where you already know people and have working relationships and doing events like this. I mean, that, that's probably the best part of the job, the networking and, and having the opportunity to, you know, help others get into the industry. Great. We're, we're so happy that you're here. Thank you. And Evelyn, um, also a great friend of Safeguard Cyber. Thank you for being here. Love to hear a little bit about what you're up to. Thanks, Lisa. Um, hi, everyone. So um, I'm Evelyn D'Souza. Today, I lead privacy for the Oracle SaaS or Cloud Applications line of business. Um, it's a line of business that spans, um, you know, pretty much everything from supply chain management to marketing to human resources to customer relation management and, and you know, an enterprise um, resource planning. I sit at the intersection of privacy, security, and compliance. And my career has taken some interesting turns. 20 years ago, I was a music teacher in Australia. And I never dreamed that I would make an intense career transition like the one that I have. And I tell you this because, you know, I know there's a lot of people listening who may be thinking about embarking on a career in cybersecurity or some aspect of it. And I just want to tell you, it's very, very possible. Um, my personal mission is to make the world a safer place. That's been the constant thread in my career. And I feel very, very lucky that I've had the opportunity to be a part of big sort of industry events like the Cloud Security Alliance, um, where I focused on things that we can do to make the world a safer place, not just for industry, but for our children. When I think about today that for our children, their playground 
is the cloud. That is the new world. And that's why this is so important that we all work collectively to do that. And that's why I'm very excited to have this collaboration with industry and also in particular with um, Safeguard Cyber. Evelyn, that, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, we we always look to you for your, your expertise in, in privacy and, and security. And we, we're honored that you are part of our advisory board as well. Um, and thank you so much again for being here. And I love your mission. I think it's a, it's, it's a noble one. It is not easy. <laughs> and um, I think that um, one of the first things um, I'd like to dive into with this group is um, about roadblocks. Um, you know, in anything we do and in every single day, uh, we're all faced with roadblocks and understanding that you know, the focus here today is around, say, cybersecurity and how you advance your career, how you um, can develop a plan for yourself, whether you're just starting out or whether you're looking to take um, a stronger leadership role or you're going from a smaller company to a much larger company. Um, during those transitions, um, I'd love for us to talk a little bit about some of the roadblocks that we've had to overcome. I think for me, when I'm listening to these panel discussions, I always love to have a takeaway or two. Um, maybe it's an antidote that I can take with me. So I think it would be great for each of us um, on the panel to go around and kind of talk about maybe one or two roadblocks um, that you've overcome and how you've done that. Um, I think um, it would be wonderful maybe to start with Naomi on that. And um, we can we can go around there because I think this is such an important question. You know, what are some some motivations, Naomi, that that you have, um, you know, motivational tools that you have um, sought or learned from that have helped you overcome some roadblocks? Okay, this is a great starting question. And um, I am not ashamed to say it, but I was actually fired from my first cybersecurity leadership role. So back in 2018, I was like, oh, it was not a good fit. I wasn't effective as a leader. I wasn't able to influence the leadership team. I wasn't able to win hearts and minds for security. And I take that completely on myself. Uh, I, I am not the victim here. I absolutely just wasn't a good fit. And even though I tried, I, I did a lot of the things that I thought were right. Like I uh, tried to create a security program, right? So creating some policies, uh, uncovered some vulnerabilities and some risk and, and try to communicate it out and then try to fix them. But I was unable to win people over to my side. And I, I believe a lot of the reason why is because I, I didn't understand the business and I didn't understand what they needed. I was just kind of security on top of the beautiful cake that was this business. <laughs> but instead of being sprinkles and something delicious, I was the opposite of sprinkles and something delicious. <laughs> I was just making everyone's day a lot worse by just trying to inject myself and say, hey, we need to fix these things and not understanding the downstream repercussions of the actions that I had. So I was unable to really influence change. And really, uh, after I got let go, it was like a, a Wednesday at 2 p.m. on September 18th. I still remember the exact date, right? Or September 12, 2018. I still remember because it affected me so deeply. Uh, it made me realize that, you know, like I, I wasn't good at something. And I think that just realization of 
having a failure under my belt, you know, how do you bounce back from that? But I took that as an opportunity to just really learn and to reflect on how I can be better. And so the next role, I, uh, I, I think I, I did really well. Like I actually came in and I changed my entire approach. I wanted to understand the business first and really get to know what everyone's objectives were at a team level and then seeing how security can enable those those goals and those objectives. So adding security in as an enabler for the business has actually really helped me grow as a security leader. And I and I kind of want to say that to anyone who aspires to be in a security leadership, you're actually not there to stop anyone from doing anything. You're going to actually help them get to where they are in the most risk-free manner as possible. You are a service for the business. Without the business, the information security team doesn't actually exist. So we want to remember that from time to time. And once I'd gotten past that, that particular roadblock was a very mental one. Once I was able to get past my own ego, I was actually able to support the business and win a lot more hearts and minds for security. And now I'm proud to say security is not just a centralized function within the organization. It is spread throughout the company. Everyone has security as part of their job. It's everyone's responsibility. And it makes my life a lot easier. So no one, no one's hiding security problems. No one's like being like, oh, Naomi's in the, in the room. Don't talk about this, right? They take accountability and responsibility for the security things within their own product teams within the marketing team. So everyone does a little bit of security makes my job a lot better. Naomi, your passion and your um, energy around that subject and topic is um, amazing. I think um, it's something that we all strive for in every, um, you know, cross-functional team that we work on marketing, same thing. We want, you know, people to come to marketing with great ideas um, we don't want to shut ideas down. We want to enable our sellers to do what they need to do out there and partner with them. And so that communication, that openness to think about what's really good for the business, I think is um, is very compelling and and um, and exciting uh, because it, I mean, just the way that you're talking about it demonstrates that that's how you win. Um, so really, really amazing story. And thank you for sharing that, that moment that was, I'm sure, um, extremely challenging. Hey, hey, Karen, can you share um, a, a story, a roadblock and, a, and some tools and tips with us? Definitely. I think, you know, this is one of the things that makes all of us resilient, right? As we work through our career and we have different opportunities. So I worked for a very large telecom company. I had a terrific and amazing run. I was one of the top sales performers there, but I worked for somebody that wouldn't promote me because I did so well. And it was really difficult to backfill somebody that was, you know, an overachiever for lack of a better term. So what I ended up doing was leaving the company. I took some time to look at other companies and other opportunities. And I worked for another large company. But after that, I started working for startups. And so my recommendations for everybody out there are to really think about different types of companies, different sizes, they present you with different opportunities and learning experiences. And I can tell you, working for startups has provided me with the most incredible learning opportunities. It's a dynamic space. It enables that creativity. I mean, I think about all the different things that we get to try and not everything works right straight out of the gate, but the learning experience is incredible. And I think that that is so appropriate for the cybersecurity industry. My advice to everybody out there is don't stop trying. 
I encourage everybody to look at different ways that we can continue to fight the problem. And I encourage you to at least try these things and learn from your experience. So I do have one quote that I want to share with everybody today because I feel really strongly about this. If your actions create legacy that inspire others to dream more, to learn more, to do more, and to become more, then you're an excellent leader. And that was Dolly Parton. So kudos to Dolly. I'm a fan. And I thought she totally nailed it with what she said there. All right. That's going to be, Dolly's going to be on our Vision and Voice uh, Spotify playlist going forward because I love that quote. Thank you, Karen. That's awesome. Hey, um, Evelyn, do you have a roadblock um, after you made that switch from being a, a music instructor to, to a cybersecurity leader? I'm sure there was a roadblock or two. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. So, you know, for me, I think um, I was very, very lucky very early on that I found a sponsor. Mm. And I think that sponsor really helped me, you know, guide. And that sponsor is Raj Samani. And Raj has been pretty much with me through my entire career trajectory in the security arena. And I've been very lucky because sometimes my ideas are not what you call um, ideas that have currency. There might be sort of, you know, experimental ideas that I don't really know how they're going to fare, but you know, it's something that I want to try out. So having had someone like him, and now what I've done is I've expanded that and I've had, I've got like a personal board of advisors, so to speak. Um, and they are advise me, you know, whether I should make a career transition, you know, whether the idea that I've got, how to test it out in a safe way. Um, I also want to speak to something that Naomi spoke to, which is this failure. And I think one of the things I've learned in my career trajectory from making that intense career transition is that I'm not afraid of failure. Like I obviously don't want it to have an impact on the business, but I believe that we learn from failure. And once we failed the second time around, we know how to do it so much better. It always teaches us something. And for me, I feel that that has been a, a big learning curve for me. And the third thing that I really feel has helped me a lot is finding my tribe realizing that sometimes, you know, the things that I'm wanting to do or, the, you know, the agenda I have may not resonate in one environment, but it surely will in another. And, you know, taking away the lessons that I've learned on how to do it better and to better resonate with the business. I love that, finding your tribe. Um, I think that's really important. And I also I totally agree with you. I've had mentors with me throughout my career um, that I call on constantly. And I think one of the things that has happened organically is that those mentors are both male and female. And I take, I often take challenges or questions um, to both genders, right? So that I can get perspective um, because I truly believe that um, perspective um, and context is really important. And um, anytime I'm frustrated, I think, or, you know, uh, facing a roadblock, going out and seeking that advice from that tribe has always helped me. Um, and then also always considering perspective, where are people coming from? 
what um, what are the challenges those that you are engaging and interacting with? What are they facing? And then for me, always it's about curiosity. You know, I think that's one of the the things that um, people who seek out a tribe, those people are genuinely genuinely curious. And so I see that you know, in every interaction engagement that I have with you, um, Evelyn, I see you as being really curious. And um, I think it's, it's amazing. Um, and um, I hope that you soon um, consider me part of your tribe, because I want to be in your tribe. Continue to be a great tribe leader. Yeah. Yes, you do. For sure. Hey, Amy, do you want to, to weigh in on some, some challenges that you've had or roadblocks and and how do you how you overcome them? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because I would say the aspect of my career that I'm probably the most proud of and also served as an advantage for me throughout my career actually kind of became also my Achilles heel. And that was that, you know, I kind of systematically followed managers from company to company. I always had very good relationships with the people that I worked for, which I'm proud of. And I think everybody should foster that kind of working relationship. Um, But then what happened is those individuals, I think, saw me as a certain profile. I was always an individual contributor. And because I got into management and leadership very late, when it finally came time that, yeah, I put my hand up and said, look, I want to lead the team. I want to be a VP. I think it was difficult for them to see me as an equal. And they still saw me as even though I had the title, they kind of felt like me and my team were a little dispensable. And there were some incidents that occurred where a largely male leadership sales team um, at one point kind of poached somebody on my team. They collectively decided that this person needed to be in sales. And they kind of went behind my back and tried to secure that person. And I just, that was like one of those women moments where I was like, wow, you guys really don't respect me as a leader and you're just being dismissive. I, I would never do that to you. And can you imagine if a group of women did that to a male leader? And so there was a moment where I had to kind of reflect and say, look, I need to assert myself more as a vice president and as a leader. And I need to make sure that they know that I'm their equal and I'm no longer, you know, little doer, Amy, (laughs) individual contributor. And so I didn't know how to navigate that. It was a really challenging time for me and it challenged some of my relationships with people. And so I ended up getting a coach. And um, it was actually, I, I went to Julie Cullivan, who I really respect. She was in a leadership role at Four Scout, asked her for advice, and she referred me to somebody. And so to what Evelyn, you were saying, and, and Lisa, I mean, that really, really helped me. It completely kind of reoriented my way of thinking. And more than anything, it helped me assert myself in a way that I really wasn't. I realized that I was part of the problem in terms of taking on responsibilities that weren't necessarily in my realm, but things that they wanted me to do. And so that really changed the trajectory for me. And all of a sudden I, you know, I, I started feeling like I was, I was, I was an equal and I I was treated that way. So I would just encourage anybody listening to get a mentor or a coach, somebody that you can talk to, to help guide you through those situations. Because I think what you'll find is you'll be in situations that you've never been in before for and you just do not know the answer <laughs> and you don't and, and emotions are involved and your vulnerabilities and you really really have to try to work through that and sometimes you you need help and so that that's what did it for me and from this point forward if if I ever get in a situation like that again I'll definitely get a coach that's really great advice um and I totally agree I've been there before and I've had some amazing coaching and I think that's 
um, I think it's key and critical and it really helps um, us to overcome the things that we need to, we may not understand that we need to take responsibility for. And coaching really does that. It yeah, demonstrates yeah. that's your responsibility. It's where you need to um, work on a component of your skill set um, to make a change. Um, so I think that's really good advice and really appreciate that. Hey, Naomi, I've got a question for you. Um, I'm very curious. Um, we all know that you know women are are underrepresented in cybersecurity. It's a fact. The numbers are out there. Um, one of the big reasons why we formed this group is to help women understand that there are great opportunities in cybersecurity. I am curious to see in. From your perspective, you've looked at and you've been in huge organizations and now you're in a startup um, or, or a smaller environment. Um, what, uh, what can be done right now um, to help entice more women to consider careers, um, knowing that there are so many different you know, sizes of organizations out there, there's so many different roles, what, what do you think um, we can do to help affect some change here and help equalize this playing field for women? Well, I honestly, I would love to see us sharing each other's wins more. So like, I would love to just be like, hey, I just saw Amy uh, talk about her coaching experiences. I would love to share about that or be really loud online with Karen's wins and, and Evelyn's wins and just be really loud and obnoxious about it. Because <laughs> if we see it more, not only do we rep represent each other and we just like, look at all the wonderful women out there and look at the amazing things they're doing. Other people are going to see that and say like, I want in on that. Like, that sounds really great. I want, I want to try that. And I think um, it's kind of a myth to say that like women aren't interested in cybersecurity. I think we are very interested in cybersecurity, just like anyone else. I don't think there's a like a biological difference there. I think it is like a, a part of the community uh, out there would like to do more tech. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. I think a lot of women love to do tech. Um, the only problem is sometimes we don't see the wins. We don't see the representation. And um, honestly, we do see a lot of bias in the industry. So as we're going in, um, maybe we are, our resume gets passed over because we have a female sounding name or whatever it is. So if you are a leader, and this is what I kind of tell other leaders, you want to try to take away as much unconscious bias as possible in the hiring process. Process. So in the early pipelines, what I do is I actually get rid of names from the resumes. And I, I ask my HR person to just screen out any names from any projects and any resumes and any cover letters. That way I'm only reading the content. I'm only reading like the resume itself and not just the name. So in my mind, I don't have any unconscious bias, at least in the beginning. And towards the middle, at least I've only gotten the set of people that really are qualified to be there. It doesn't matter who they are, black, white, red, yellow, female, male, other you know, so that's really what I'm trying to say is we we can do this. I think we just share each other's wins and then try to remove that unconscious bias in the hiring process. I I think sharing wins is it's super important. I would say absolutely. Um, I want to hang out with people who are winning, right? And I think that um, you definitely make a great point. And you know, maybe it's a matter of, and my takeaway from today is like carving out time um, in my day to highlight wins, to highlight great content that's out there um, could be something I know I could do right away, you know, after this call. So thank you. That's great advice. Amy, I've got a, I, I've got a question around venture. Um, you're, you're 
working for an organization that is putting a lot of money into cybersecurity right now. Um, and I'd be curious to understand how, you know, and venture capital right now is thinking about um, bringing more women into cybersecurity. If that's a conversation that you're having, if, you know, and how you think about it and maybe, maybe what can be done um, as we're, as we're fueling um, this amazing engine, right? Um, yeah. So in a really effective way that benefits women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that honestly is one of, one of the biggest surprises for me with this job. You know, when I hear business development and strategic alliances, I think, oh, I'm putting technology partnerships in place or systems integrator relationships in place. And that is part of the job. But I would say the other 50% of it is doing what's right for the portfolio companies and for the industry. And it that, a lot of that is driven by Dave DeWalt, our founder and managing director. He's very passionate about talent and recruitment and diversity and inclusion. And so those are have equal importance in terms of the work that I'm doing. And so one of the first initiatives that we rolled out was a talent and recruitment um, program where we're working with certain recruiting firms to bring people in because there, there are companies are struggling to get the best and brightest people in seats because there is so much demand in cybersecurity, yet there's not enough people to, to, to work in the industry. So there's really needs to be a concerted effort there. But then once you start having that conversation, you quickly go to, we not just we don't just want to fill the seats within these companies. Um, we need to make sure that we're hiring diverse workforces um, and that there's an element of diversity and inclusion. And so what we've been doing is putting now um, partnerships in place with the Athena Alliance and Cyber Future Foundation and Next Generation Talent. And that's where we're able to get a larger we're able to nurture a talent base that may not have wanted to be in security or knew that they could be in security, but because of the apprenticeship programs and the mentorship programs that these companies offer, they're now able to get into the space. And so it's been kind of an honor to work with these companies. And it also is opening my mind to look, if you're out there and you want to get into cybersecurity and venture, volunteer for one of these organizations. If you go volunteer for Cyber Future Foundation, it's not, it's a nonprofit you can get involved with people and you wouldn't believe some of the, the high-ranking high um, security executives that are part of those organizations. You will get visibility into the industry and get access to those individuals. So um, that's really, that's probably the biggest thing that we're doing right now is putting those partnerships in place. In fact, we have an upcoming event, I think it's on July 21st, where we have a panel of speakers from the Athena Alliance and we'll be announcing the Cyber Future Foundation um, partnership. So on an ongoing basis, we're trying to get involved with organizations like that and support them so that we're, we're, so, we're helping to solve the deficit that we see around cybersecurity um, you know, talent at our companies. And we know that having diverse workforces at our companies makes for better companies. And ultimately that serves us, honestly. So it's great. That's fantastic to hear, um, and I um, I want to be part of some of those um, discussions and attend those panels um, that you're putting on because big fan of Athena Alliance as well. Um, so thank you for doing this for all of our our startups for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we love it. Um, and how about Evelyn? Um, from your perspective, um, you know, from a from from your focus on privacy and you know what 
how we, how we take care of one another, you know, could you talk about um, some of the things that you are doing um, to attract women to that, that component of, of cybersecurity? Um, how, do, so, how are you, how are you recruiting for your teams at Oracle? Um, so I've been very lucky with um, my recruiting at Oracle. So I had this wonderful opportunity where um, Oracle has a relaunch program, which is effectively for people who've taken a career break. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, in the past have taken a career break and done something different. So it very much resonated with me as well, that whole concept. But um, I was able to bring in someone who took a six-year break from her career Um and also, you know, she came back to the workforce as part of my privacy program. Um, the people who are currently in my team come from a range of different backgrounds. And I find that very um, worthwhile because it brings, if you will, a multiple sort of dimensional view to solving a problem. And I feel today that, you know, the problems that we're going to solve will be constantly evolving and will affect so many different sectors of society. If you think about how data is being used, um, you know, and how it's being used in new and interesting ways, so we have to find new ways to communicate that to a diverse group of um, st stakeholders or, or end users, if you will. The other part that I'm also seeing too is that today I feel like there are many more approaches that are making getting into the cyber arena much more possible. So I love what Naomi was doing, and I just think that's fantastic about stripping away identifiers. There's also a school in San Francisco called Holberton, which I've been very lucky to be affiliated with. It's one of those coding schools that have risen up where um, there are no fees charged up front, and they also do go through a process where they strip out identifiers in their initial interviewing or screening process every time they're taken a cohort. So I feel like um, with those sorts of schools coming up that anyone looking to get some basic cyber training or some coding skills, that presents that forum for it. And then also I feel like the number of different associations that have come up, I heard Athena Alliance, which I'm also a big fan of, but there's a group called Women in Security and Privacy. Um, and I've been very lucky to be a part of them too. And they are offering scholarships for women who want to study some facet of privacy. Um, they have an all-year schedule around that. I'm going to make that link available, but that's a really fantastic way for anyone who has a problem. doesn't matter if you don't have privacy expertise or security expertise, but if you have a problem that you want to solve, you can think of something that you're passionate about. This is the place for you to sign up for and to see what scholarships they might have available. I like um, that we're already sharing resources and links. Um, that's the whole reason why Vision and Voice has come about. Um, we want to be able to collect um, these different, um, you know, opportunities and um, organizations and groups and help um, give each other advice on the ones that really are very impactful. So I, I think that the scholarship concept is great, um, you know, at Safeguard Cyber over the holidays, we were um, charged to pay it forward because we couldn't, you know, during the pandemic have a um, 
a, a proper Christmas party, right, or holiday party um, in the organization. So everyone was able to take a little bit of money and um, do something nice and spread joy. And um, that was what actually um, what I was hoping to do was to help build out and and fund scholarships for women in cyber too. So I hadn't looked at that organization, but I definitely will do that because I do think it's so important to give those that are interested and curious that opportunity. Um, and um, I love that. I love that you are involved in that and I'd love to learn more about that. So thank you for sharing. Lisa, yeah. you mind if I chime in? I just want to make sure when we look at the talent pool here, male, female, and we think about the security industry. We're not just talking about people in hoodies coding, right? I mean, Naomi, I love your varied background. I can tell you, I'm always in awe of people that do incident response and how they find out what's happened in a network incident because it is incredible skill set. It's mind blowing to me. But I want to take a minute to make sure everybody understands that across the board, there are so many different jobs out there. In my career, I've worked with incredible women lawyers that are very cyber astute, that help their clients manage incidents and breaches or do preventative type programs. Similar to what Evelyn was talking about, they understand the privacy laws, right? They understand how to mitigate risk. Or I've worked with women that are engineers that are building chips and they're thinking about how do I incorporate security into a new chip for a manufacturer. I've worked with women that have built executive protection programs, not just being the person that you know protects an individual at a company, but brand protection, right, across the board. So what I'm trying to point out is, we all have different backgrounds here. There are so many different facets of where security plays into these jobs. And I encourage the next generation of female leaders to really think about how do I start bringing that skill set into my current job? And how do I leverage some of the things that I've already done and expand? I think that's really important. I think it's really uh, a great point. Karen, because just even on the panel, there's a diverse set of skills that each one of you brings to the table. And I think collectively, we are fighting a really serious battle right now um, in, in a world where, you know, every time you turn on the TV or the news or you read an article, there is, you know, a lot of cybersecurity risk out there. And Evelyn, I think you said it really well, the cloud is the playground today. And so, um, you know, everyone of all ages, all genders are all at risk. And so understanding what your part is in helping to, you know, fight some of that battle is, is, is critical and very important. And I think we're all here because we all collectively believe that, you know, we have a big job to do. Um, and, and this, you know, this challenge that we have before us requires many different skill sets. So that's a really good point, Karen. And, um, you know, if anyone else on the panel, you know, can think of um, or has um, advice on um, organizations that help shed light on, right, the different um, opportunities there are in cybersecurity, that that would be great. Um, you know, feel free to put, a, put links in the chat 
Um, Naomi's got one. I'm raising my hand. I wasn't sure I didn't want to interrupt. Um, I always reference the NIST NICE website. They have a great career pathing tool. They list all the subspecialties within the industry. And yeah, you're right. It's more, security is more than just pen testing and uh, like security operations. There's way more. And that's why I'm always saying we need more people in cybersecurity because it's not just purely technical. If anything, there's more non-technical roles in cybersecurity these days than there are technical. So we want to get more people in. So bring your background whoever you are, bring your education levels, doesn't matter. We need everyone. So if you're listening and you're trying to break in, there is room for you. Please come. We do need you. We need different ways of thinking. We need not just diversity of ethnicities and backgrounds, but also just different ways of thinking, how you approach solving different problems and um, just bring who you are. We love, we love who you are. So come join us. That's amazing. I love that. Hey, we've got a, a great question um, from the audience. Um, you know, we're getting back at being in person um, relatively quick, quickly here. Uh, and, you know, everybody, I think, did a, a phenomenal job during the pandemic, you know, trying to find ways to connect. I'd be very curious to know, um, you know, and hear um, some wins in networking um, that you guys have had, some advice for upcoming events like Black Hat. How are you going to, you know, plan to network? How are you going to think about um, building out new connections um, post, you know, post pandemic, but really keeping in mind, you know, what what we care about here um, on this call, which is helping helping women to enter into cybersecurity um, and meeting new people and enter getting people to join our tribes. Um, think about networking and, and maybe what what some advice or lessons that you've learned in, in networking in the past that might help us all on this call as we get back at it. <laughs> um, who, who wants to start? Maybe Evelyn oh, or, or so, maybe you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Evelyn, or yeah. Go ahead. Um, okay, yeah. So I, I just, you know, networking is a huge part of the venture community. Again, that's another aspect to the role that isn't quite like a traditional corporate role um, where you already kind of have your business contacts. We're constantly looking for ways to recruit people into cyber so that we can get good individuals and bright individuals at working at our companies. But then we're also trying to build out our executive community um, because we want obviously the CISOs and the CEOs of the world to believe in our mission and to support our companies and act as advisors. And so we're really um, jumping in full force um, in terms of doing everything in person. Again, we're back in the office. Um, Everybody's vaccinated at our office, so I, everyone feels relatively safe. We are going to be at Black Hat in a pretty big way, and um, there's some risk in that because you know obviously not everybody's going, and we we had to we we're, we now have secured an event space, and it's a relatively large event space, and we're not sure how many people will be going. But I think at some point you you just have to bite the bullet and say, okay, yes, we're ready. We're going to lead this lead this movement, and hopefully the momentum will build as it gets closer and people get more comfortable about doing things in person. And so at Black Hat, we're doing one event, which is sort of an exclusive event, where it'll be relatively C-level. But then we're going to do little breakouts where we interact with the community and try to get people interested in venture and what we're doing with our portfolio companies. And those are really probably the more meaningful um, sessions in my mind, just because you meet so many people passing by the floor. A lot of people there may just be starting out in security and you get to share your perspective with them on the cybersecurity landscape. 
You also get to share some hot companies that are in your portfolio and get them interested in potentially working there. So it's sort of the informal elements of those shows that I think are even more valuable in terms of recruiting and getting people interested in what you're doing. Um, As far as organizations and, and other networking tools, again, I go back to you know, the more that you can volunteer at some of these organizations, Evelyn mentioned a few. I, I love Cyber Future Foundation. They're one that will always use volunteers. Getting involved in those organizations so that you can network with people at higher levels and see what's out there in terms of cybersecurity opportunities is a, is a good, good way to go. Thank you. Amy, Evelyn, do you have any advice on upcoming networking opportunities? Um, so um, I am actually not going to any formal events. Um, I don't, but I'm started doing this thing though because I realized like I got at a little out of touch, you know, with networking. I've been hunkered down for the last year, so I'm on a mission to do a hundred virtual coffees over the next three months. Great. And what I'm doing is touching base with you know some of my past contacts, some of people who I know who are aspiring to do something in this industry um, so that, you know, it's a a win-win for for everyone, um, if you will. But um, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm realizing that it feels great to be sort of coming out of um, this COVID era and and expanding my network again. A hundred virtual coffees. That's really cool. Um, Naomi, what are you what are you going to be doing um, in the near in the near term in terms of networking? Um, well, good news for everyone. This is considered networking, I would <laughs> suppose. So I am not networking, and so are you. So um, here's my suggestions: if you guys aren't going in person or anything, like this is what you could do after this call. Just reach out to hopefully anyone of the panelists would be welcome to just accept an invitation from you just to chat back and forth on LinkedIn or maybe a 20 minute coffee chat. I'm, I'm sure there's only uh, what 18 attendees. So between the four of us, I'm sure we can get uh, knock this out, but please reach out to us. I'm sure that we can answer some of your questions. And that's what networking is. It's just to start a conversation. Um, and it doesn't, you don't have to always network up. This is what I tell people too. always make sure you're networking across. So through your peers, throughout the industry, and even down to students and people who are trying to break in because you never know what kind of uh, opportunity can come from those relationships. So it's not always just that one direction. You don't always just want to go up uh, and you always want to go across and around because I, I trust me that those relationships really do help. Once you start building connections, this is what networking really is. It's other people start vouching for you on your behalf. So there's a side conversation or um, a hallway conversation or something in the background where you're not really a part of, but your name comes up in a good way. And it's like, I've been working with so-and-so, uh, Lisette. Uh, I've, I've worked with her, you know, let's, let's get her involved in this conversation. Right. And then you make those connections and then all of a sudden you've got an introduction to somebody maybe at a big company, right? That's what you want. And the more you do that, the more you have conversations and put yourself out there, the better chance you'll have to be part of those conversations. So uh, don't be shy, just reach out. That's great advice. I love it. Yeah. And I think um, some of the things that I I do is I look first for skill sets that are really interesting. Um, and so I try to find people who have skills that I want to understand better. And then I try to network with those, whether it's in cybersecurity or not. It could just be an incredible marketer that I, you know, that it's doing something very different and unique. And I, I look for um, 
opportunities to have conversations with people like that so that I can apply wisdom um, to what I'm doing. So, you know, definitely something that that um, works for me and always has. Um, I would love to, um, you know, keep the conversation going. Um, Vision and Voice will do that. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to produce um, a blog after this, um, after our time together, um, where we sort of honor each of the panelists and some of the great wisdom and advice that um, they've provided. So for all those that are on, um, you know, the call with us in attendance, um, we definitely plan to keep the advice coming. We um, we don't want this to end today um, with just a couple of links. Um, we def- we want to make sure that everybody is very conscious of some of these initiatives that we all have. Um, and so I would say, um, you know, I'm so grateful for everyone for their time here today. And, you know, if there is anything any of the panelists would like to share, um, you know, in a closing note, that would be great. Any snippet or, or piece of quick advice um, would be amazing. Um, anyone else on, on the panel want to just share a quick last, last thought? I right. will. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my career is, um, is don't be afraid to take risks and kind of going back to what Karen was saying earlier, it's okay to do different things. In fact, it's probably better for your career and better for you as a human being. If you take on roles that are kind of outside of your skill set, because it makes you more, it adds depth and dimension to what you're, what you ultimately will become when you end up in a leadership role. And so, you know, I look back to being chief of staff and it being in sales organization, all of those things are like stepping stones to what got me to being in cybersecurity leadership and alliances. And I think it makes everybody who better, better workers and better human beings. So I would just encourage that. I love that. And I, and I really appreciate um, one of the attendees um, that just posted in the chat a bit of their story um, with the transition that they made um, and and the challenges and and I really um, I'm very grateful that people are feeling comfortable enough to kind of share stories. Um, that's what we really want to do here. Um, so very cool. Any anyone else on a final note have any any last bit of advice? Karen, you give me advice every day. What do you got? <laughs> well, I think you got. exactly what Amy said. Definitely <laughs> nails it and. I would say, don't be afraid, right? We all have to go through transitions in our lives. We all have to be open-minded enough to at least try some of the things that may not feel comfortable right away. But if you don't try it and you don't have any sort of past experience, you're never going to be able to move forward and develop. So, I mean, I think even further back, Amy, I think about Evelyn, you'll love this. I played the violin when I was young. I was a photographer on a cruise ship way back when. I've been a waitress. I look at the skill set of these jobs that I've had early in my career, and I have learning moments in every one of them that have helped me get to where I am today, that have given me the background and knowledge that I can now leverage being a leader in the cyberspace. So, you know, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, and I encourage everybody to keep trying new things along the way. That's great, great advice. Um, I would love to just 
on the final note, thank every one of you for your time. All of the attendees, I know um, taking time out of your day is great. I truly hope everyone's learned something. I've taken away some great things. Um, you know, Safeguard Cyber is hiring right now. Um, and I am going to make sure that every resume I get is blocked out. Um, so I want to definitely have a, a Naomi eye on the resume for sure. Um, and some of the networking, um, you know, ideas that you guys have put forth, as well as Evelyn, you know, 100 virtual coffees um, is so cool. And um, just uh, just you wait, you guys, I'm going to be, um, uh, you know, amping up and, and shouting out about some of the cool content that you all on this call are producing. So um, I love it. And I'm, I'm, you know, super excited to do to more of this and have more of these types of conversations. Lisa, for those that are going to be at Black Hat, Lisa and I are there. So you should send us a note if you're there in the flesh. We'd love to get together with you and learn more. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Awesome. Check out our site in the next coming days. We've got some fun things planned and we want you all to participate. Definitely. Great. All right. Everyone have a wonderful day. We'll be in touch very soon. Take care. Thanks again. That's it for First Watch today. Thanks for listening to our panel discussion. First Watch is a production of Safeguard Cyber. It's hosted by George Comiti, produced by me, Chloe LeClaire, with help from Phil Tortora. Edited by Kai Krogetti, with original music from Mateus Zeffaletti. Subscribe to First Watch wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong.